doesn't matter how great my doctor and my nurses are and how wonderful medicine is advanced if I didn't show up for that first appointment. If I didn't make getting you know my treatment a priority and making making all those appointments. Hi and welcome back to the ERS Walk and Talk podcast. I'm your host, Lacey Wolf, and today we have a special guest who's not only taken strides toward better health, but has also faced adversity head on. Today I'm talking with Rebecca Castillo from Texas Department of Criminal Justice's training and leader development team. In this interview, Rebecca will share her powerful journey that began with a simple decision to enroll in a program that was promoted by her leadership. Little did she know this decision would set her on a path of self-discovery, resilience, and ultimately better health. From her decision to schedule her preventive exam to a diagnosis that changed her life, her story is one of courage, strength, and the importance of early detection. So as we delve into the story, remember that breast cancer affects one in eight women. Her story emphasizes the role of early detection in saving lives. So grab your walking shoes and let's embark on this powerful journey together. Here we go. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me and being a guest on the ERS Walk and Talk podcast. Hi, Lacey. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. I have talked to you a couple times over the past couple of weeks, and I am incredibly inspired by your story, and I want to get it out widely. I want everyone to hear your story, so I'm excited to have you on the podcast. And I was thinking maybe we could just start out by letting people get to know you a little bit, where what you do for the state of Texas, and then maybe a little bit about what you like to do personally as well. Well, I work under um, Texas Department of Criminal Justice um, for the Training and Leader Development Division. We call it TDCJ, TLDD, a lot of alphabets in that I know. Um, I am a curriculum developer under TLDD for community supervision. If you ever heard about adult probation, that's who we help in the state of Texas to train and get their certification with that. Um, I started here in 2021, so I'm going on three years, so I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, so nice, uh, you know, with your background, because you worked for many years in probation, correct? Yes, I did over 13 years um, as a probation in the probation field. So I'm very proud of that. That's where my heart is always. That's, that's, um, you have a servant heart, it sounds like. Um, And then what do you like to do personally? Do you you have hobbies or things? Um, Well, I have two boys uh, and it's all about baseball. We're a very active family with their activities and with their sports. But as you'll hear through my story, everything's kind of been put on pause for, you know, these last couple of years. So yeah. How old are your boys? I have scary to say this, but I have an 18 year old and I have a nine year old. Wow. You really, you really spread them apart there. I did. I did. (laughs) I make a joke and still the same husband. (laughs) (laughs) My brother and I are nine years apart. My mom always said we're like two only children. So that's exactly how it feels because when we schedule activities for one, the other one doesn't want to do it and vice versa. So it's like, yep. Two only children. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Okay. So tell me a little, let's get into your story. Um, can you talk a little bit about where your health journey sort of began? I know that you said that your agency was sort of getting active with wonder and yes. that was your, your starting point. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, 
I guess for me, and I think this goes for everyone out there, you know, you get into these really bad habits of not taking care of yourself, right? Everyone else is a priority. Your family's a priority. Learning your new job's a priority. I mean, everything's a priority except for you. And I was definitely getting into one of those bad funks. And I didn't like it, Lacey. And I knew something had to change. And I knew I needed something. And we have an amazing division director here, Mr. Um, David Yebra. And he kept promoting wonder. And it's you, when you, you hear about it, it's more of a, like a weight loss program when you hear about it. But if you ever met Mr. Yebra, like this guy used to be, you know, in the army and the military and all of that. So he's really in shape and he's really active. And I just kept thinking about it. You know, Mr. Yepper is getting something out of it, you know, and he kept talking about all these things that he's doing. And, but what I really liked about it, he was talking a lot about how it held him accountable. And, and I felt like that's what I needed. I needed something to like, get me going and um, teach me new things. So that's how I got into wonder. I just wanted to see what it was like because of how he was promoting it. And I just want to let everybody know, you know, you said it's a weight management program, but you were not overweight. Yeah. Um, never um, so, in my life, I've been, yeah. I've never been told, you know, to get in shape or to lose weight. But you know, when you're not healthy, right, Lacey, you know, yeah. when you're not, you're not healthy. And that's yeah. the direction I was leading. I was going down that path. And I think so often we we attribute or we just say, we look at weight as the, the thing because you can see yes. weight. However, there are people who carry extra weight that are incredibly healthy. Exactly. And there are people who are at a healthy weight, and I'm putting this in air quotes, that are really struggling. So I really, I, I love and appreciate that, that perspective because we can all fall into those times where we're just not taking care of ourselves. So you found yourself in the funk you enrolled in this program and your, your leadership was supporting it. And I, I think also one of the things just jumping in here, cause I have worked with director Yebra that is so amazing that TDCJ is doing is giving people time off for completing 10 weeks of the program. So you actually earn, there's an incentive to do it as well. Yes, there is an incentive for it. Um, but once you get into the program, you realize it's more than just getting those days off. So, right. It's like, here's a little carrot. We're going to get you in. And then once you're in, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So you got yourself in and you started to take better care of your health, just nutrition and physical activity. And it sounds like your energy increased a little bit as well. I think for me, the wonder really helped me realize, you know, you have to prioritize certain things. And for me, it was prioritizing myself and you're right. It does help you get more active. It makes you um, think about, you know, what you're putting into your body. But it also teaches you, like, take a deep breath. How is stress affecting you? How is stress impacting, you know, your choices that you make? So it's 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 a lot of little tips uh, about how to eat, how to stay moving, but also how to, you know, take your take care of yourself mentally. Now, it wasn't a program where if you're diagnosed with anything. But it definitely made you self-aware of how you're looking at things, your perspective, and how that impacts your choices that you make. That's great. 
So you're in, enrolled in the program for how long? Um, how long did you participate in? Oh, gosh, that's you? a good question. I think I did it for over, I know I did at least 10 weeks, maybe 11 weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the core curriculum is uh, 12 weeks. So you made it through the. Yeah, I probably did 12. I can't remember. I know I got yeah. the certificate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the, that's the amazing thing. You, you do it. And you start getting these great habits and and yeah, they give you these like one week, two weeks, three weeks. And then before you know, you're not even counting the weeks. You're just kind of like getting on your phone, saying what you did, seeing what kind of tips you can get. So it's really cool. That's great. And then from that, you decided that you were going to go ahead and schedule your annual preventive visit. Yes. So when I was doing the wonder and I was learning all these great little tidbits and I was really putting myself first, it's like, you know, I am doing all of this. I'm learning about self-accountability. I'm learning about, you know, all the little things I need to do to take care of myself. So let's complete the circle. Let's go in for that physical. Um, and that's what I did. And that's what kind of started my journey. Into- and you said that you even had a hard time when you were trying to schedule your preventive visit because your doctor had gone out and network. Can you, can you share just a little bit? Because I think you're not alone with that experience. Yes, because there's probably many out there right now listening to me where scheduling a doctor's appointment is like the last thing you want to do. And it's the last thing it's on your to-do list, but it always gets pushed down to the bottom and the bottom and the bottom. And you even try to schedule it online. And then you try to call on the phone. You're like, there's all these different ways you can do it, but just getting it done. And for me, um, I learned my primary care physician um, moved. So I had to get a new one and then you call and then, you know, everyone's short staffed these days, right, Lacey? So it's scheduled out three months in advance. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to make this appointment three months in advance. And then I'm going to have to schedule my work schedule and other appointments around that appointment and making sure I make that appointment. So no, it's, it's a, it can be a struggle for some of us to even get that appointment on the calendar. And I would say I fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Making those appointments are not, they're on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. But they get pushed down to the bottom many times because I know it's not, it can be a challenge. Yeah. And if you don't have symptoms, you don't feel like it's an emergent thing that you need to do necessarily, right? I mean, exactly. it's just like, oh, this will, I'm fine. I'll, I'll do that later. So you finally get into your appointment. Tell, kind of walk me through the, the next steps of, of what happened. Yeah. So you go in for your physical and your doctor, um, you know, they all have, Things that you would like to take care of, like your um, your mammogram was one the big one for me, and I kind of pushed it off, um, you know, COVID and all of that. But we had a good discussion about it, and she said, "No, let's go ahead and really get this done." My age and all of that, so I was like, "Okay, let's let's get it done." That's another appointment you have to call for and schedule. So I did it, and then that first mammogram led into, you know what, Rebecca, let we want to get another one. Because we're we're seeing something and we just want to make sure what we're seeing. And it's like, okay. And you know, I live in that mentality, like nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong, I'm fine. And I just thought they were being overly cautious. And I just thought, I'm you know what? I'm gonna do this. Um it's it's my health. I'm gonna take charge. So I scheduled the second one. And then on August 5th, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So it really was um, a full, like, I mean, that was like a complete circle, like mm-hmm. starting with wonder, putting myself first, 
learning new healthy stuff, getting back active, getting that physical. And then, wow, I have breast cancer. And it's just, it, it was, it was, it was shocking. It's still shocking for me, mm-hmm. actually. It's and like, as I'm saying it, it, it doesn't feel real that that happened. I guess for me, I was just such in a good place mentally and physically that I felt like when that diagnose hit, I mean, everything turned upside down, but I felt like, okay, you know, this is what we need to do. Yeah. Like I was in a good place by then. Like I, I, I don't know, Lacey, what would have happened to me if I was in that funk before I started the wonder program. Mm-hmm. Like if I was still in that place and I got diagnosed in that same part of my life, how I would have um, reacted, how I would have done with my diagnosis and my treatment afterwards. I don't know. And I'm glad I don't have to know that I was very fortunate with that. All the timing of it worked out the way it did. It's such an incredible story because you took action. You detected it early. I mean, it it was maybe not as early as we would have, you would have wanted, (laughs) right? But you were in stage 2B, right? And so you were able to have the surgery. You are cancer-free, correct? You've been through your treatments and... um, I just think it's such an amazing story because, and and I think one of the things that you said to me that really resonated was I saved my own life. And I I was like, man, that is so powerful because nobody can do this for you. Like no one can hold our hand and make us go to the doctor. No. And that's true because that's something, like I said, you know, you learn these tools, you learn about self-accountability, self-care. I'm a little smooshy. I call it self-love. Um, and that's what you do. You you put yourself first. You, you prioritize that. And when I when I started getting treated for cancer, I was amazed about how advanced, you know, medicine was with cancer and how um, they could help me with side effects. And, you know, we all have this image of what you go through with cancer. And some a lot of that misconception was exactly that misconception because they, the medicine is so advanced, but what I learned and what I realized is it doesn't matter how great my doctor and my nurses are and how wonderful medicine is advanced. If I didn't show up for that first appointment, if I didn't make getting, you know, my treatment a priority and making, making all those appointments. So yeah, there's that, that self-love that you really have to have Mm. to make those appointments, to, to do the first step, to be in charge of your health. So I, I appreciate you recognizing that. Oh, so, so powerful and so important. And I think, you know, I, I work in this space and am constantly trying to um, encourage people, inspire people to take those steps, to go to the doctor. And I also find it challenging. So I completely get, <laughs> you know, it's like, um, it, it is, it's difficult. It's, it can be scary. I think a lot of times people don't want to go because they don't want to hear if there is something wrong, even though when we find out earlier, we're so much more likely to be able to handle it and to survive, um, whatever it is. So, um, I really, really appreciate you sharing that and sharing your story, because I think we see ourselves in 
the stories of others. And uh, it's it's certainly inspiring. Um, can you talk a little bit about your journey with cancer, like um, from the diagnosis uh, to, to where you are today? I, I know that could not have been an easy, an easy battle to, to fight. Um, can you just share a little bit about your experience? I was pretty much in denial for like the whole process of when they were like doing the, the monograms and the second monograms and like, okay, what are y'all talking about? Y'all being, you know, very thorough here. And I don't know why, because there's nothing wrong with me. So when I got diagnosed, I mean, it was, it was intense. It really just, it turned my whole family's life upside down. I mean, just like an instinct. And um, I always describe, I describe it as being on a roller coaster upside down, going backwards and it malfunctioning. It's just chaotic. And it just puts everything into perspective. And I said earlier, you know, I have a husband and I have two, um, two sons. Um, but my mom, my mom is still here with me. So just having to tell my mom that I had cancer was, I mean, it was a big challenge for me. I mean, no parent should have to hear that their, you know, their child has cancer. But, you know, once I was open, once I, you know, made all the phone calls to my family, you know, I developed a really strong support system. And amazing thing is ERS. When I was diagnosed, I mean, I had people calling me and say, hey, I'm here. I'm part of your support team. Reach out to us. You know, I had a nurse. I had a social worker. You know, I have all these people calling me with different programs, not only for me, but for my children mm. as well. So it was definitely, I learned it was a community. And, um, and ERS was the one that helped me kind of build that community around that and let me know that I not only have resources for my physical needs, but for my mental health as mm. well, not just for me, but for my whole family and, um, and, and other parts of my support group, you know, my church and everything, everybody, especially my peers here, um, at TLDD with TDCJ. I mean, they are an amazing group of people. So when you go through something like this, you realize you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You are not alone. You have, you have what ERS provides you. You have what your, um, work, I call them my work family has, you know, support you and then your family and then um, my church. So it was really, it was really eye opening with that. And I, I'm still, I mean, I'm still amazed about all the support I get. I mean, I'm still getting it. I still have people checking in on me all the time. And just to have that, I mean, I have like, I can call, I know I can like reach out to my HR rep anytime. Mm, that's amazing. He will, you know, sit down and talk to me. She'll schedule like, Hey, let's schedule a time to just meet and talk one-on-one. And I have like the silliest questions and she'll take the time to answer me. So it's, it's just amazing. It's almost like you, you have to give yourself permission to ask the questions, right? Yeah. And once you start asking you like, Oh, there are people out there that are willing to, to take the time to help you and to help you answer those questions. So, and really, I think people want to help. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Um, it's, it's definitely, and there's moments like, you know, you, you have to like, these people are like genuine, they want to help you. Yeah. And, and I took a lot of people, took a lot of people hands, you know, I, I used a lot of hands and they, they helped me definitely along the way. So 
I love a that. very good sense of community. Yeah, you were you were using all the the benefits, all the resources available to help get you and your family through a difficult time. And I really believe that you sharing your story and the way that you have shared it openly will save lives. I I it has to um, because you're going to inspire other people to take those steps to to go to the doctor to have their mammograms, have the colon colon screenings and prostate screenings. I mean, these cancers are so. Um, they're not, they're, they're not necessarily preventable, but if we catch them early, we, we should have a really good survival rate. You know, there, there are factors that we can't control in this world, environmental factors and all kinds of things that, you know, make us susceptible to disease. However, we got a whole lot of resources available to help us fight. So, um, I love your story and I really, really am grateful that you're, you're willing to share that with, with others. Cause I think you will save lives. Yeah, um, no, and I appreciate that. And the thing is, we're talking about something, right, Lacey, that seems like so common sense, right? So basic. Um, Go to see your doctor, your annual doctor, do your yearly physical, get your mammogram. But I don't, I I think sometimes we forget to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Like, why is it important to put ourselves first? Why is it important to, you know, um, get those mammograms? And it's really, you know, it's really to stand up um, to cancer. And, you know, you we see all the shows, we see all the signs, you know, stand up to cancer, do this. But really what I learned is if you want to honor me, if you want to honor my dad that passed away with cancer, if you want to honor anyone that has had to hear the diagnosis of cancer, the best thing that you can do to honor them, to stand up for them, is go use your health benefits, mm-hmm. go get that physical, go get the mammogram, use those resources they provide you, check out the wonder program and see how that can help you put yourself, your health first, you know, and learn those little tools that they give you. I mean, I really think that's what standing up to cancer is all about. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's been a learning experience, but I've definitely learned a lot. Well, I think it's such an amazing, also the shift, the culture, I don't know if it's been a culture shift for you because you came in in 2021 where, you know, you were working under Director Yebra. He's been a guest on our podcast a couple of times, and I know that he works really hard to create a culture of that uh, supports psychological safety and yes. where people are willing to speak their mind and to take care of themselves. And I think about, you know, I also work in an agency where I feel like we're very supported to take care of our health. But just like you said, you also have to be willing to go do the things that you need to do. Even though you can be supported, you have to make that decision to schedule that appointment. You have to take the time to go out for that walk or whatever, because the culture and the support is one piece, but then you doing that. So do you have any kind of final thoughts for people that are struggling to maybe like just to, to see themselves as valuable or to get, to, to get scheduling, to schedule an appointment or to do the things to sign up for the program or take that first step. Well, I think for me, I mean, everyone's going to have their own journey and everyone's going to have their own motivation. And I think that's what it is. What, what do you want for yourself? And that's such a hard thing to 
to do, <laughs> to say. And the other thing is, I would say there's never a good time. <laughs> never, ever a good time. And But what I learned is there's never a good time to have cancer. Mm. Right? Right. Um, but there is a good time to get diagnosed. And that is early detection. Yeah. Um, so is there a best day and time to go in to get your physical? No, Mm -hmm. you're busy. We're all busy, but you have to make that a priority because what you're trying to do, you're trying to catch things early. And that's, that's what it is, is if you can catch things early, you, you have a fighting chance. So I would just, I would tell people there's never a good time, but it's going to be worth your time because you're worth it. Yeah, you really are worth it. I love that. Your boys are worth it, right? <laughs> Think about definitely, it. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And that's and that's like, I mean, I say, I mean, I, I I still get a little choke up about this because, and I really do believe this. I have an amazing, amazing team, but I think about it it's like because I put myself first, because I made that appointment, because I got the mammogram, because I followed up with the second one and all the blood tests and all of that. I, I put myself in a position where I could still be here for my boys. So I I take very, I I take a lot of pride in being a mother, but to say that, you know, I got myself to the doctors to say that, you know, I caught my cancer early and I get to still be here with my boys. I I feel very fortunate with that. Mm, Yeah. It, I did have to take some time off. I had to schedule some stuff, but it was worth it at the end. Yeah. Always is. Always is. Well, we're so fortunate to have you and uh, Phil, just so, so fortunate to have you as a guest on the podcast and for sharing your, for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you, Rebecca. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And for anyone that is going out there to get a mammogram or colonoscopy or just going in for your physical, tell somebody, let them know, encourage others. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's a great, that's a great point. And that, that will help to shift the culture. It makes it. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait to get this out to our listeners and I will be sharing the links to the resources that we talked about as always in the show notes. And I look forward to continuing to, to talk to you and just um, keep up with your story. Rebecca, thank you. Well, thank you, Lacey. I appreciate your time. Thank you, everyone. All right, that concludes another episode of the ERS Walk and Talk podcast. A huge thank you to Rebecca for sharing her incredible journey with us. Remember that the power to change and save lives often begins with a single step, whether it's taking charge of your own health or supporting someone else in their battle. If you found this episode inspiring, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and family or anyone else you think could use this information not just a podcast. We are a community on a mission to make a positive impact in the state of Texas and beyond. Join me here for more stories, insights, and walks. And until then, keep moving, keep talking, and keep taking care of yourself. All right. I'll see you on the next one. Take care, everyone.